Welcome to the 11 Dubcast presented by Safe Flight Auto Glass. Keep the drive going with Safe Flight. I am Bo Bishop, Johnny Genter on the other end. A big guest coming a little bit later in the show. But before we get to that, we always start with the previous game, and that means the win over Army. Uh, John, this was um, <laughs> this was kind of how you thought it was going to go. I kind of had this one pegged from the standpoint of the the cover situation, the over under. It all kind of made sense to me. These are tricky teams to play, and the effort that Army gives was always going to be superior. Um, and they played really hard for a half, and then talent went out in the second half. I, I think it, it, as we go through some things that jump out, the the most the most obvious thing to me three games into this season is that Ohio State has a superstar in it on its hands in J.K. Dobbins, that he's not just a special running back, a really good freshman, that but that he is a superstar. And uh, this is a kid who um, we all had high expectations for, but I did not think he would turn Mike Weber into an afterthought three weeks into the season. And that's kind of where <laughs> we are right now. I think Weber's still going to contribute big time down the season. Urban said as much this week. Um, but if Ohio State's going to go somewhere, it's going to be on the back of number two offensively. Well, it's funny because, you know, at the beginning of the season, this is kind of the team that I thought they would be, and not necessarily in the sense that they would be lighting up people and then putting up, you know, 500-plus yards on offense, but that they would be throwing a ton of bubble screens, there would be a ton of, like, run-pass <laughs> options, that there would be, you know, they would rely heavily on the run game, and they would be effective but not great, and that's kind of what you saw against Army. So. Yeah, it might be, you know, a couple games late, but um, I think, you know, Dobbins obviously is just really, really good. Um, he's, you know, he's the kind of guy that I think he's going to have up and down games. I don't know that he's going to be that guy who's going to be, you know, 150 yards every single game, but you don't really need him to be necessarily. And and what he's shown, I mean, his his capability of breaking off really huge runs is something that, you know, I think the Ohio State offense has been missing for, you know, a couple of years now, really. And it's there have been guys who can do that, but not from maybe the backfield in the way that he can. Yeah, right. And uh, I think that's going to be really key for the offense going forward because you don't have to rely on JT Barrett all the time. And that's huge. So, no, I, yeah, I thought there's real positive signs uh, on the offense against Army. Yeah, he's far. He's so much further along than I thought. Yeah, talent. I mean, I knew he was good. I heard the whispers. I mean, I'm not deaf. I heard he was good, but he's much better even than I thought. And and he's on a historic track right now as a true freshman at Ohio State, and one that'll continue. They're still at their best. They're they are a tempo power run team. That is who they are. Bubble screens, run pass option, all that stuff. But it all starts with with Dobbins, and then I, I do think Mike Weber will play a big role as this season goes along spelling Dobbins and becoming you know it's going to be mostly Dobbins but there will be some Weber that'll be able and and what a luxury these are first world problems to be able to have a 1100 yard back as your backup but that's the situation Ohio State if there's an issue there it could be just managing ego because Mm -hmm. you know Weber thought that this was his squad you know that this this was going to be his team that you know he was an 1100 yard back a year ago he thought this would be his so Urban's going to have to massage some egos and I think that's something that's going to be a big theme this season as as you think about Dwayne Haskins coming into the game late against Army and you think about he's going to have to massage that quarterback room. And you heard him being asked about Tate Martell and he was very complimentary of Tate, but then he said something to the effect of, I could write a book about guys who transferred and it didn't work out. There's going to be a lot of transfer talk. You know, if Mike Weber doesn't, you know, get some carries, how happy is he going to be? His If you go back to his commitment, th- that was a slippery slope then. It was his first year here, and now he's going to play backyard or you know second fiddle to a freshman, and then a quarterback. Uh, Joe Burrow may be back this week. We'll see. 
But how does the Haskins Burrow situation play out over the next three months as the back out to JT? And then beyond that, you have Tate Martell. So Urban has got a, these are first world problems. Everybody else would love to have them, but he's got a lot of egos that are going to have to be managed between now and the bowl game. And that's part of his job. That's why he gets paid the big money, but there will be some challenges. Yeah, I think it helps that you've got a guy like JT Barrett at the top of all this because I think, you know, his kind of leadership and the fact that the rest of the team has so much buy in to him as a person. I think that can help alleviate some of that. I mean, if you're you're kind of shaky at quarterback or maybe people don't really like him as a as a leader, then then maybe you've got some bigger problems, but I think you can get everybody on board and considering the dude, I mean, you can tell JT just wants guys that he can distribute to and players that he can rely on. And you kind of saw a little bit of that even in the passing game, although I think there's still some big criticisms that you can make about the passing game. The yeah. downfield passing game is almost non-existent. It's almost um, like they gave up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's fine against Army. That it. Right. Yeah. That's fine against Army. That's fine against Rutgers. It's fine against UNLV. It's not going to work in late October. No. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got some time to develop that. And, and that was really what I was hoping to see from the team, where you, you can get it some consistency with guys in short passes, some slants, some bubble screens, whatever, and then develop that longer passing game when you really, really need it. Because that – nothing was really present at the beginning of the season. I mean, yeah, JT had 300 yards of passing against Indiana, but that's, you know, that's a mirage. Um, Yeah. So I thought really to your point, the game against the Indiana game and even the army game, they were like classic JT Barrett games because you watch the game and you're not wowed by anything, but then you look at the stat sheet and he goes 25 of 33 for 270 and three touchdowns. He passes Drew Brees as the all time touchdowns accounted for guy in the history of of the league. And, and you go, well, yeah, but he wasn't great. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like it's just it's a weird thing watching him play quarterback because um, he's he's good. But there, there's there rarely are moments where you go, holy cow, did you see that? Well, and I, I will say is I think that's what what why people think less of him, because he doesn't have yeah. those wow moments. And I will say, I think it's important for people to understand that. Yeah, they only put up they only, quote unquote, put up 38 points against uh, against Army. But the fact that Army controls time of possession as as yeah. they do, they were unbelievably efficient uh, against Army in terms of scoring points and, and making sure that their drives were productive. So that, to me, is a really positive step. Uh, I it, That felt a lot more like a Kevin Wilson type of game than an Urban yeah. Meyer play call type of game, which I'm totally fine with, especially with uh, the players on the field. Uh, defensively, I mean, I you know, we still have concerns about the secondary and I think that's something that a lot of people continue to talk about obviously you're not going to really get a lot of information uh from army um and then of course you know there's some injuries and other people are kind of worried about what's going to happen at linebacker um so I you know hopefully those things can kind of get resolved in the next couple weeks against two pretty weak teams um but that's that's something that I'm also going to be thinking about going forward at least now though that felt like a good first step that felt like something where I'm like okay you know what I feel good about this game. I think they acquitted yeah. themselves very well coming off of a, you know, a pretty difficult and devastating loss. So um, I was pretty happy with how it turned out. And there are things that definitely need to get better. But now I feel like they're actually on the track to fix those. Yeah, you mentioned linebacker. And um, it was cool to see tough Borland just flash. I mean, he was he yeah. played 41 snaps, had 12 tackles. He's in for Worley. Um, you know, this, 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 it's hard to even have any to quibble with anything the Ohio State defense did 
because they're playing Army, because of who the opponent is and the style that Army plays. But but the yeah. one thing I saw was 32 was everywhere. Now, I don't know if he can do that in the Big Ten against teams that spread it out, but he was spectacular. And this is the first time we've seen this kid, and he was great. And so that that made me feel pretty good that this kid is flying around and ready to go when his number was called. Yeah, I mean, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to defend the pass as well as the run. So that's it's great to see they can well, defend the run. We don't know that he can. To be right, fair, exactly. I mean, we don't know we that he can't defend the pass. He might right. be fine. Right. We got to see what happens. Um, but I am yeah. definitely cautiously optimistic on that. The one thing that kind of gave me pause during the uh, during the game was the 99 yard drive <laughs> that Army was able well, to string together. Um, Ohio you State about defensive line a little bit, right? For all of the talk of greatest defensive line, and you think about Oklahoma pushed him around. Yeah, they got bullied you know? a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly what. I mean, maybe they're more like I don't know. Maybe they're more comfortable when they're just teeing off on quarterbacks who drop back and you know don't really you know move around that much. But uh, you would have hoped that they would have had a little more success against Army because you know exactly what's coming. Like there's no, there's no shocks there. There's nothing that you know is going to surprise you about them. Um, so I, I think that there are a couple things on defense that you can kind of point to as, you know, needing improvement, but overall, you know, again, like I said, it, it's a game that I take a lot of positives from and, uh, you know, if they can continue that trend against UNLV, then, you know, I'll be a really happy dude. Yeah, me too. It's a good first step. I think you hit it on the head. It's a good first step, and let's see what happens going forward. Um, Coming up a little later in the program, we will do the Michigan Minute. We will also do uh, the things to look forward to at UNLV, and we will also do Ask Us Anything. So we'll get to all of that. Before we do that, though, I want to mention that beginning this week, our presenting sponsor, Safe Flight Autoglass, is doing its Kicks for Kids program. So each time Ohio State makes an extra point or field goal, Safe Flight Autoglass will make a $500 donation to benefit a kid again. Now, I'm familiar with kid again i remember doing a lot of stuff uh the ohio state basketball team does a lot of stuff when thad was there with the kid again it's just it's awesome a kid again they foster hope and happiness and healing for families raising kids with life-threatening illnesses a kid again makes life for families caring for a child with a life-threatening illness normal it gives them regular family family experiences and, and memories that can be created it's a 17 year partnership between safe light and a kid again and year to date about $60,000 has been raised. So a great company and a great cause, Safe Flight Auto Glass and Kids and Kicks for Kids program with a kid again, which starts this week against UNLV, clearly a winning combination. This is not a joke. This is, we actually have Richard Lewis. Um, on the, this is crazy, and this is a, a great thrill. And, not um, crazy. I'm 70. I've been doing this for 40, 49 years. I'm a Buckeye. I, ask me anything you want. I get this email, this crazy email from your producer. I don't even know what it meant. They said, I, I know it's just late coming, and we're not going to be talking about, what do you think I'm going to be talking about, plays and swing left, <laughs> swing right, you go right, study, make a study the RPOs. I couldn't give her, I couldn't care. All I care about is beating Michigan and staying alive. Don't you get it? <laughs> That's really are you going well, to write no, this is, We're all rolling. This, or, this is all on. We're not screwing this one up. This one is all on. Who's hearing this? Oh, we're on the air. No, well, we're, yeah, we're on the air. We're rolling. Yeah. Oh, who am I talking with? Which two guys? Bo I'm Bishop Johnny. and Johnny Ginter, sir. Uh, oh, I, 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 I've heard of you. You're very good. <laughs> oh, you're lying, and I love how well you lie. It's so what did you fantastic. think of that lie, by the way? It was excellent. No, it's not you... a lie. I, 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 I like your attitude. You have a nice voice. You're not arrogant, and you, you know, you know, you're. And I'm ready to go. I'm not going to blab. I'm just. How long? Let's ask me anything you want about any subject. 
I know it's mainly focused on on the oval and and how many uh, yeast infections I got in the summer of '67, <laughs> but fine. Let's start with this. Have every single so so my first recollection of you is a sitcom called Anything But Love that you were on with Jamie Lee Curtis. 1988, you, four and a half years. Yeah. Uh, that was when you, you were. Yeah, a but you, boy, this yeah. show was. This was my introduction to a, the the funniest wise ass as a little kid. Your form of humor was the fun. I just remember watching it. Oh, I, I always watched it. Couldn't miss it. And the chemistry you, you know, had with Jamie Lee was fantastic. I'm, not- I'm going to just tell you this. Thank yeah. you. But by that time, I had done The Tonight Show with Johnny in 74. I did about 70 Letterman appearances. Mm-hmm. And this was, a, this was, even though Letterman broke me, to be seen by 20, 30 million people a week for four and a half years all of a sudden, I'm selling out Carnegie Hall and Town Hall, and it was that was, and then Larry, that was so Letterman, Jamie Lee Curtis, and then Larry David, uh, 17 years ago, asked me if I wouldn't mind playing myself. Which the only reason he asked me is because that if I had a problem is because I've done some dramatic roles. When I'm in being a recovering drug addict for 23 years now, I, I was particularly fond of being getting the role in a movie Drunks, where I played a junkie, and being in Leaving Las Vegas and for a scene and. So you know he understood, but I said I, I to turn Larry David down would have been the you know I, you wouldn't be talking to me now. I would have cremated myself twenty five different ways, and then I would have put my ashes over the Michigan Stadium to hex them. <laughs> can you can you so Curb is, Curb your enthusiasm is my my favorite comedy of all time, and um, I, I've read I, so much and heard hilarious. And I'm just I'm I'm a guest yeah. star. I'm on like half of them. Yes, go on. I, I just love I the just, show so much, and Larry would never come back and do another season if he didn't think he had a better season. And so how does basically, the- and and he does, and I know this season except for three episodes, he will not show me, and he thinks it's going to be. He he he's. I I just without him telling me, this is the greatest season of Curb of all time. Well, he waited a while to do it, so that's the expectation, right? So can- no, no, he no, because he wanted to write a play, and he had a movie right. he did for HBO, and and he was fried, you know. He did eight seasons, that's you know, and um, so he took his time, and you know, he had young kids growing up who were all you know in their tw- middle twenties now, so you know, he you know he got divorced, he went through a lot of stuff, so and then once he, once the play was done and he then he found out that he had an idea for 10 episodes which by the way he doesn't necessarily have to have an arc from 1 to 10 right. which I snuck out of him the other day I never ask him anything about the show never have like are you coming back you know I know him since we were born in the same hospital ward literally 70 years ago I was 3 years older and uh, he didn't like me I didn't like him <laughs> he beat me with his he took his his mother's umbilical cord and beat me with it I, I wouldn't is this on the air how how close how close is your actual relationship to what we see on television on curb it's exactly the same and <laughs> we have tremendous respect for each other but we can't tolerate being with each, in each other's company for more than I'd say between 10 and 30 minutes that's fair. Because so, I like to share everything that's on my mind. I've been, I was a therapy guy my whole life. My dad died when I was young. I didn't get along. My, my brothers and sister were out of the house. My mother had a lot of problems, but she meant well, I guess. And uh, she just couldn't help herself. So I had no family to really re- rely on. So uh, I really needed comedy, you know, and um, uh, Larry and I, we love each other. We have tremendous respect for each other, but 
because I like to share my feelings, it makes him uncomfortable. <laughs> like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go to a busboy at Denny's and go, listen, I hope you get out of here fast. You know, I hope you become an architect. But by the way, you know, I had a problem last night with my wife. Who do you think was wrong? You know, I mean, I need to do this, you know. And Larry, you know, you, you'll you never get, you know, heavy sh- stuff from him. You know, uh, he just, he's, got... he's just not built that way. I am. I need people to care. He I know Johnny. What... I, I'm jealous that he can live his life seemingly. I'm not 100 percent sure that he doesn't have to like you know cry on anyone's shoulder. Right. You know, I, I know... There's not enough shoulders in the world for me. <laughs> I know so... Johnny wants to ask you about Ohio State, but I just want one more on Curb. Yeah, um, you want anything? Go, please. I just the, a... the question I want to ask you. I, I just. The, the scene jumps into my head where you and Larry have the conversation about who has the best colon. And I'm curious how that comes to fruition. How do you get, how, do, how does that scene happen? How does that become an episode? Well, it didn't become an, an episode. It, it had to do, I, I'm trying to remember, I remember the scene. I yeah. said, I'll have a well, colon contest me. with you any day of <laughs> the week. Right. And um, <laughs> the, the deal is this, he has, a, he has a six or seven page outline for every show. And and it has to have a beginning, middle, and end, just like any sitcom, any show, any drama, any comedy. So what the actors get every day, they get a scene, and the scene might have nothing to do with what the the episode's about, but it'd be like he would tell the cast, okay, uh, you know, we both we all need to go to the dentist, and one is one needs it more, and we're trying to say who needs it more. That's all we know, and then they say action. <laughs> so I don't know what brought on the colon thing. Oh, I know what it was. It was, it was. I had a, a beautiful secretary who was watching right. Larry, and he was going to the bathroom all the time. That's right. So I said to Larry, I said, Larry, I said, and he hated my, he hated that the the actress was my the, my my secretary was watching Larry. So uh, he, I said, okay, fine. Then 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 she won't care. And then he scree- went crazy. I don't want her to care. I don't want her to watch my bowel movements. I don't want her to care. So, uh, and then I, and, and then I said, then somehow we segued into a sentence, and I said, I, I, about he, that he said, I have a clean bowel, a clean colon. I went, yeah, I got a clean colon, and you and I have a contest with you any day of the week. And that's, it was just a word, a line, you know, because it's all ad lib. So we just pray that we come up with things that are entertaining. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people just really love about the show is that like it feels so naturalistic. Like you would have those conversations whether the cameras were rolling or not. Um, oh no, we ab- absolutely. And and you know, as Larry was like like to say, you know, um, and it was harder in the beginning because I was you know I wanted to come through for me and for amazingly for the show and the cast. He says, keep your he- keep a clean slate in your head. It's good rules for improvisational actors anyway. And, I, you know, I didn't go to Second City. and I mean, I can improv, but I'm a stand-up, you know, and an actor. Right. But, I, I, you know, I didn't study improvisation. So he said, look, just keep a clear uh, – just keep your head clean. Don't, don't try to think of dentist things. Don't try to think of colon <laughs> things. Right. And, uh, and, I, and, and I got better and better, and, and, and I was very proud of myself this year. He said I was as good this year as – I was as, I was better this year than ever, and – and getting compliments. I don't mean to be boasting, but you know, when you get a compliment, uh, you know, from a Larry David, and um, uh, you know, we have this thing like we trust each other more than anyone on the planet. We really do, except for maybe my wife. You know, my, me and my, my I got married. Uh, I've known my wife twenty years, and um, 
But uh, we have little moments, private moments, where I will tell him how I really feel about his work and about his uh, his, uh, his friendship. And, and he would, like, say things. I once did about a two-hour show in Martha's Vineyard, and he brought all these. It was star-studded, and the pressure was... I like the pressure, so it didn't matter, but right. I did about two hours, and I collapsed, basically, in the dressing room, and I just was lying down, and some of the celebrities, pardon me, and friends, you know, <laughs> not just celebrities, you know, I, I just, I, I'm just a regular guy, so I hate even that word. He came over and, 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 and whispered something very nice into my ear, which, you know, I'll always hang on to, you know, so in other words, he's capable of saying great things. And I'm capable of, of telling him what I think, but we don't make a habit of it. It would disgust him, you know. Would, you know. Right. Well, you know, let me ask you this, because you know you're. And he like, asked me anything. Are you supposed to ask? What if if you don't <laughs> ask me, who I'm supposed to do? Watch an old Muppet movie? I mean, how am I going to get a, say anything? All right. Well, let me ask you this then. So you're you're from New York City, from Brooklyn. You can ask me anything you want. I'm a Buckeye. Well, how do you end up? How do you? So okay, so. How do you end up at Ohio State? What is your journey that takes you to there, and and why you know Ohio State? Why did you choose that? Okay, well, number one, I had some friends who went to Ohio State. That helped. Okay. Number two, um, um, I, uh, I I lied to my family when I was six fifteen on, telling them I was going to be a dentist. <laughs> you know, so they thought I was going to go, and I applied to a couple of schools. Ohio State. I had some friends. I loved the campus I went there it blew my mind you know uh you know I I just you know it's just it's one of the look it's a beautiful campus and it and I knew that I wasn't I was lying to my family but I enjoyed copywriting and advertising I used to get a kick out of copy uh, uh, commercials and it, and it, and it makes sense it's, it's very economic if you do a 15 or 30 second commercial you got to sell the product you got to be visual you got to say the right words very few of them and you got to end it with an you know you have to like with a punchline but for a commercial so i was really uh, enthralled by advertising so i said you know if i didn't know what i was going to be but i said you know maybe i'll be a copywriter so i said i'll go I, and i and i found out that it back in the day and still that the Fisher School was one of the greatest mark business schools in the world. So I got in, and I got a degree in marketing. Unfortunately, uh, the irony is that even though I have a degree in business, I wind up getting screwed by over 300,000 agents. But, you know, (laughs) that had nothing to do with my degree, you know. But uh, I I, I got a degree in business. I majored, I minored in art history, as I loved art, you know, know, and... um, um, and then at the end, I, it was funny, I told my, my you know, my father, I, we were middle class, and I was lucky that my father paid for this. And uh, I was a very fortunate man, but a young kid. But at the, I didn't want to leave. It was, you know, it was the Vietnam War. It was a lot of activism going on. Right. And uh, I remember once they, you know, I, I, I was against the war. A lot of people were not against the veterans and the fighters, but you know, I felt the war was a quagmire, like like millions of other people have, have felt. And uh, I was afraid, and um, and so I decided if I can just stay in school longer, I can you know put this off. And this is before the uh, I was in the first lottery, and this is before the lottery came out. So I told my father, I said, the professor at the, uh, the, in the PR department 
says I can get a master's in PR, and they knew I loved movies and film, and I can get a, a minor in, in in filmmaking. So I told my father, and I hear nothing on the phone, and I'm mentioning all these famous movies like Clockwork Orange and, uh, you know, Dog Day Afternoon. It was, it was before Dog Day Afternoon. And my father's, nothing's coming out. My father was a kosher caterer. He, you know, not that he didn't like movies, but, you know, I'm saying, you know, the pawnbroker and this, and, <laughs> and, and I was naming all these famous movies. I love movies, Dad. I'm going to be able to be a movie maker. And he said one thing, come home. <laughs> he had no I idea what you, I was talking about. I was you? mentioning all these foreign movies, like a very famous movie, Japanese, like Kurosawa did the seven. Yeah. I said, Kurosawa and John Cassavetes. I just saw a John Cassavetes movie. I just saw a Truffaut movie called 400. I'm naming all these. I mean, to me, they were very important, and people who knew film knew them. But for a right. kosher caterer who focused, he was a genius, he couldn't give a he, – he cared far more about gefilte fish than <laughs> Truffaut. Let me just nope. put it that way. <laughs> so I, uh, nope. then the lottery happened a week later, and I came out number three hundred and fifty-two. Wow! So I was out of the draft. So, uh, but he never asked me though. Interestingly enough, what happened to you? I thought you were going to be a doctor. I said, No, nah, I don't know. I don't know. I must have fallen on my head. I, I had no <laughs> idea what I was talking about. You know, you I'm weren't on campus a- during the during the riots in nineteen seventy. Then, yeah, I was there during. I stayed an extra okay, nine right. months. In college, I didn't want to come home, and I got some part-time jobs at Columbus, and okay. I had a girlfriend at that time, and uh, and I had some rock and roll friends, so I didn't have to come home. I, I earned my way. My, I said, Dad, I'm going to pay. You don't have to pay for anything. I'm going to work here, but I don't want to leave Columbus because I was afraid to come back to life. I didn't know what I wanted right. to be, so uh, I stayed in Columbus for 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 nine months. But it, it it didn't really work out that well because uh, I eventually had to come home, and uh, and I, I you know and I crazily tried to get a job as a copywriter and I had a friend who knew all the big executives. I'm talking about the biggest executives on Madison Avenue. But when you're a young kid, you don't know what you're doing. Right. So I wrote a resume, not a resume, a portfolio of twelve commercials. Okay. But I didn't know how to draw. I drew like a, a guy who should be getting shock treatment. <laughs> I didn't know what, what I was doing. So instead of like knowing I should go to a college and ask an artist, hey, I'll give you $100, can you draw this ad for me? I drew the ad like a second grader with box shoes and a, you know, with three teeth and an <laughs> eye, one eye. And I would have all these interviews and they would look at this thing, and they would look look for the button under the desk. I like, call the police, call nine one one. We have a guy who's going to shoot me in the head, you know. Because I, you know, so I never really got a job at a big ad agency. I got a job at a small ad agency, and then I became. My father died, and I and I said I went right on stage and became a comedian. And the rest is a long history. And but Ohio State, we haven't discussed it, but it was the greatest time of my life. I I I I went I graduated in 69. It was the most amazing time to be in college. I mean, it was it was very heavy with the Vietnam War going going on. But, you know, I was there when uh we went undefeated with Rex Kern, who I consider a friend oh, of nice. mine. Um and um uh and you know, it, it was just un- unbelievable. And then about 12 years later, 
when I became well-known. I, I was Grand Marshal twice. Unfortunately, things changed a little different. I'm not blaming anybody, but there was some, you know, when Gordon Gee was president back when I was doing anything but love, I did everything the uh, college asked me. I was a, I was a television star, and I said whatever the college wants from me, I'll do. I'll do commercials. I'll do. You know, I, I was still an alcoholic, but I did binge drinking commercials because I knew how bad that was. Even though I was, you know, an alcoholic, I didn't get sober till 1994, and I did everything possible I could for Ohio State because I was so in love with the school. And it was so, it was such a bit of freedom. But then, and I, you know, like I would go to, I would ask, you know, and I, and back, but you got to remember, like when I was there, a lot of the guys, the, you know, the, the athletic director, they were older guys and they, they all knew me and they, you know, they knew me as a, a television guy. So whatever I would ask for a favor, like I was at the 2002 national championship game, when, you know, in Arizona. And I stayed at, you know, I stayed on the field, and I used to walk around, particularly with Gordon Gee and his ex-wife. We'd walk around halftime, and I'd be in my black coat and a scarlet and gray, uh, you know, uh, neck, not a necktie, you know, a scarf, and and the place went crazy. But then when everybody left, when Gee left, he went to Brown, and then, uh, the, uh, you know, I was, and Archie Griffin, I consider, you know, I, I idolize a guy and a friend. But then things went south because. You know, someone tried to play a practical joke or whatever, but I, I, I had just written a book about my recovery, and I was I was sober about nine years. And in, and um, I'm only bringing this up because it was a sort of a sad moment, and I have forgiven this guy, and he's probably still working there in the PR department, but he wrote in uh, one of the media guides, in the basketball media guide, they put Richard Lewis, actor, writer, comedian, drunk. Oh, and geez. it was unbelievable to me. I, and I was just about ready to do my book tour on being sober. And, uh, you know, I could have, you know, I was slandered. And it yeah. was a horror. It was one of the most, it was one of the worst moments of my life. But I decided not to sue the school because I just said, I'm just going to let it go. And, uh, but what happened was everyone sort of leave. They got older and they left. And I, I wasn't really asked to come back and do things. And I had no idea why. I mean, I even forgave the guy who did that whatever reason to, to make a play a joke on me, you know, in that media guy. I think he still works at the school. And I, and I forgave him. And I started getting, you know, Herb Street, all these guys, Rex Reed, all these guys, not Rex Reed, you know, Rex Kern, all the guys, you know, who went to Ohio State were, you know, fans of mine. And, and they wrote me letters, we're sorry this happened. And, you know, we love that you're an you know an alumnus here and all this stuff. But you know, and to this day, and I'm you know, I have ne I haven't spoken about this in 17 years. But you know, and it's not about that one event. You know, sure. that was a tough, that was a bad time for for me because I had to decide because I was it was in every newspaper. Richard Lewis is drinking again. It was bad for my career. It killed. It was bad. You know, in USA Today, they had a bad picture of me. Lewis drinks on campus. You know, it was a nightmare. It was in everywhere, variety. You know, it's just because of one stupid comment by for some stupid reason. But I forgave this person, and I always used to say I wanted to be script Ohio. I wanted to dot the I, and I didn't. 
and I wanted to sit on I wanted to sit on a on a instead of holding the uh the, what is it the tuba what what does he play the sousaphone <laughs> what's it called the, the sousaphone yeah yeah, the Zuzafone, yeah, whatever. I, I don't think I'll ever <laughs> pronounce that again. But uh, I wanted to lie on a therapist's couch and dot the eye that way. You know? and, uh, there was a handful of mistakes that were made, but the thing I miss the most is not being asked, not that I'm, you know, any. I didn't invent any vaccines or anything, but you try to find a comedian, uh, you know, from that from Ohio State who has worked for 49 years as a comic and who has talked about Ohio State in a million times. I even brought the Buckeye head and, and made Letterman put the Buckeye, you know, uh, you know, the Buckeye head on his uh, on the show. I mean, I couldn't love a, a, a school more than I, and I will till the day I die. And I just, it's a shame that I'm not being able to help students, you know, and, 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 you know, and, you know, you know, people will say, well, why don't you do this? I'll say, I can, I have a show that, oh, he's full of it. I'm not full of it. It just, it just, the request stopped when I became more and more well-known. And it's, it's, a, it's almost like Rosebud in, in, in Citizen Kane. It's like, what happened? What happened? You? you know, you know, you know, it's like, you know, the sled has uh, Richard Lewis's name on it and Larry and picture of me and Larry David. And I remember I took Larry David to the Rose Bowl and I said, Larry, I, I'll just let me just tell you this story. I think yeah. it's great. So yeah. I had an old, I had a pass to go into the booth. I said, no, let's sit in the stands. So I said, Larry, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick you up. And this is, it sounds grandiose, but I wanted to have fun. I said, right. I'm going to pick you up in a white stretch. They're going to pick you up. Then they're going to pick me up. We're going to go to the Rose Bowl and we can, and you'll have a, you'll have to wear this around your neck just in case we want to sit upstairs with the big shots with the uh, athletic director. I was Geiger at the time. Uh, I don't know if uh, I haven't spoken to him and I don't even know if he's around, but I, you know, he was a great friend of mine and he was, and, um, and at any rate, we go to the game and we're walking into the, and we, and we have our little pass and I went to the foot, the, the, the roast beef eating thing. And, you know, when watching all the players, Trying to think of the guy who was, I might be in the Hall of Fame. He was a center for Ohio State. He weighed 309,000 pounds, and I saw him eat 400 roast beefs. It was, I, you know, he was eating them so fast that I heard a cow moo that they were afraid they were going to die if he ate one any more, any more roast beef. I don't even know if roast beef is from a cow. So we get to the game, and it's drizzling out, and we're losing by six points, okay, toward the end of the game. But it's raining, and I, and I was sober at that point. This was like 1996 or seven. I was sober about two years, and it's starting to pour out. And I didn't care, you know. I'm a Buckeye, but everyone's passing. Hey, Richard, have some beer. They didn't know I was. You know, they didn't care. You know, they didn't mean me. Hey, have a drink. Have a drink, Richard. Hey, love you, babe. Love you. And Larry was getting like enough of this. I can't take it. It's raining. They're screaming my name out. So I said, Larry, I'll tell you what, let's go up to the stand. We'll sit with Gordon, President Gee. And he says, how do we do that? I said, well, you got the thing around your neck. It's an all-access pass. He lost the pass. <laughs> That's and an this episode. Is 10 minutes into the game. <laughs> I said, you got to, and it's pouring out. I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, no, I don't know. Where is it? I said, where is it? There's 120,000 people here, you schmo. You moron. So we 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 have to leave the game. I'm heartbroken. 
You know, this is, you know, how often does Ohio State come to the Rose Bowl? Yeah. That was so against, that was against I'm Arizona so pissed. State. I'm so PO'd at Larry. We oh, my go, God. We, we're the only two people walking out of the stadium. And here's what the vision is. It's a white, it's a white stretch about 100 feet long. And, the, the, and we were supposed to be in the game for three hours, right? We're only away for 10 minutes. So the, the limo driver is vacuuming the car. All the doors are open. He's putting in new snacks, new Snickers. I mentioned Snickers because I did a Rose Bowl commercial. And I mean a Super Bowl. <laughs> I like to mention them in case they want me again. Just, just joking. <laughs> so we get there, and the, and the, and the guy says, what are you guys doing? I said, this moron dropped his all-access piss, and they wouldn't let us in. You know, we couldn't go up, you know. And so I said, just drop me off at my house. And I got back to my house in Hollywood in about 20 minutes. There was no traffic. Because, you know, <laughs> it was like, t- I see the last three quarters and we make a run at the end of the game, and we right. win the game by a point, and then they drive they drive Larry home. And I, I didn't speak to him for a few months, so <laughs> and you know so you know the deal is you know uh, you, you know I, I, the the point is that you know Larry David has screwed so many games for me that uh, <laughs> I if I would never go to a an Ohio State game with him ever again because. You know, when I was watching that game, and we, and I wish I knew the name of the quarterback, it was in the middle, Joe late Germain. 90s. Huh? Joe Germain. Joe Germain. Yes, I think it was. And we yeah. might have been playing Purdue. I'm not sure. But it was Arizona we, State. He, but, yes, and we, were, and we were going down the field, yep. and they won. They won the game. Right. And I'm watching it in my kitchen eating a fruit salad. I wanted <laughs> to kill Larry and his family. It was unbearable. But... Uh, I, you know, I want to apologize to the person I mentioned. To athlete, the new athletic director has done great. We have we have the famous coach, uh, and all of that stuff. And you know, and our expectation level is sort of like you know, I'm a New Yorker, and I'm you know, and uh, once I moved out to L.A., I hated all L.A. teams, so I rooted for every New York team. But in the '90s, when the Yankees won five championships, you, you know, your expectation level was always so high. And now with this coach and you know, I was heartbroken when we lost the other day, but, you know, you know, the deal is uh, I really only care. I mean, sure, I want to be in the top four, and that's cool, and if we win out, we have a shot and all that stuff, but beating Michigan, I have not missed a Michigan game since 1965, since I knew I was get, I got into Ohio State. I have watched, I don't know how many years, 75, 85, 95, 105, 115, 54 years, I have, I have not missed one Michigan game. And awesome. I cannot tell you, when I would play Michigan, they would boo me and heckle me. i go, screw you. You're not going <laughs> to ever beat us again. I didn't, I didn't care if I bombed. I, I, I wore a flak jacket when I went on stage. I didn't care. And I don't think we've lost to them in what, in the last eight years? Am I wrong? It's been a while. It's been a while, it's been yeah. A while. Been a while. And, I, and that co- and and their coach, he's too arrogant for my. They're all arrogant because they're so great. But I love beating this new Michigan coach. I I want I never want him to beat Ohio State ever. I can't bear him. I can't bear it. I like the players. I hope they get a good education, but I hope they fumble and <laughs> drool on themselves and, uh, and and have horrific games when they play us. And 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 wherever I'm, when I'm when I'm on the road, and I'm playing, and I'm and I have a show, 
I make sure the hotel, you know, tapes the show for me because there's nothing more depressing than not watching. And I and I don't put on the radio. I don't put on. You know, I don't want to know. I don't want to know when. I guess my point is the guy who who played some kind of joke on me. I'm pretty certain wrote me a, a letter. This is back in 19. This is 2000. So I don't even yeah. know where this guy is, but. I, you know, I was asked whether I cared whether he came back. I went, of course I don't care if he comes back. People, I've made a million mistakes, particularly when I was an alcoholic, and I made my amends. He made his amends. If they asked, because I think, I mean, I think we know the people. Like, if, if, if yeah. they asked you to dot the I, would you do it? To dot the I? Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to take it away from the, uh, from the xylophone guy, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I no, but like I mean, to, they've done that. I, I would, uh, look, that, I was already you know? Grand Marshal twice, uh, and so I wouldn't be Grand Marshal again, although Curb's coming back, it would have been a great time. But yeah, dotting this... the I, I think it would be taking, it would be, you know, I would have to, I, you know, I would do other things for the university. Now, I don't have to go to the games, by the way. It's not so much, but I'm such a jock. I mean, I, you know, I love sports so much. That, you know, I mean, I, I would go to, you know, uh, you know I, I guess I, I, I opened a door that I never, I promised myself I wouldn't. I'm not angry at anybody. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because there's a lot of stuff with Ohio State that we discuss on this show related to that kind of thing. I mean, we, you know, Chris Spielman, you know, linebacker from the 80s, you know, sued me. I talked to Chris. Like, Chris and important. I are friends. We, we, we yeah. you know, we, we Twitter each other. I'm not, I'm not angry at anybody. My four and a half, my four, and I stayed an extra year was the best time of my life, and uh, I, 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 I have talked about Ohio State to thousands of newspapers and radio shows. I always bring up Ohio State, the Ohio State University. So I'm not, I'm not angry at anybody. It, well, I'm finally got my, you know what? Maybe I really needed to get this off my chest. Yeah, I hope they come I, to I, I did though. so much for this university, you know, yeah. when, back in the 80s and the 90s and then when curb came everything shut down and i said why you know what the hell man i don't get it you know i even brought on when clinton was president i was on the oval during a thunderstorm and brought clinton on with gore oh because, wow you know i i work for i work for president clinton and gore you know when they when he was president so you know he came to ohio state who else are they going to ask the guy who invented the sofa right. i mean come on I'm sorry. I, I no, no, no. I, I, I think um, I, I think I, I didn't. I didn't know any of this. I know Johnny didn't either. And mm. I, I just think why it'd be great for you to come why home. Why don't you Google it? You can Google Richard Lewis. Well, I was aware of the drunk thing. I remember. I was aware of that. That's a story that's that I've heard. I never, obviously, never from your mouth. But, but, I, but, but what I would say is, how I, I felt. I'm doing a book tour about my sobriety yes. after yeah. over four that's years, ridiculous. and now, and in every newspaper, Richard Lewis is doing drugs again. I mean right, that's, that's pretty ridiculous. bad. That's pretty bad. If, if you're, if you're interested, I I just would love to for, to for you to come back. You know, and I also now that I'm I've been sober for almost a quarter of a century and drinking is such an uh, it, it's so horrible what it right. does to people that I would love to be able to speak. You know, and yeah. and, and to, you know the students. I'm not gonna you know I'd be the last guy to ever get a get a doctorate there. Believe me, because I <laughs> ramble. People will start screaming if I ever did that. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, and, and you know, and, I, and they just haven't used me, you know, and it's not, it's not, you know, the only bad thing I ever did was I had a fight with, uh, with the, with, um, with what's his name? Who's our mascot? I'm blanking. Brutus. Yeah, Brutus. The first time I was, uh, the first time I was <laughs> Grand Marshal, 
I went over to Bruce. I went, God, you have your underarms stink. <laughs> and that was a mistake because then he started throwing some quick jabs at me. And so they had some pictures of me having a fist fight with Brutus. And that wasn't what a grand marshal should do. That That was my fault. That was my only mistake, telling Brutus he had bad underarm odor. Well, right. you're one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time. You're you're on the funniest show, in my opinion, in the history of television, which is as popular now as it's ever oh, been, especially with the streaming services. Well, I don't know. That you know, I don't know what we can. I, I don't. I don't have to do anything to, to to share my love with the university. You know, I think the athletic director is fantastic, and I, we have one of the greatest coaches in history. You know, I hope that we win out and uh, and certainly beat Michigan, no matter what happens. And I will be in front of that. I will be in front of that screen. I don't go to that many games anymore. It's, sometimes it's tough, or I'm I'm on tour, or I'm acting. But you know, the bottom line is nothing makes me more prouder than being sober, having a good wife, being a comedian, and being a graduate from Ohio, the Ohio State University. And and those four things are the most important things. So I have no regrets and nothing negative to say. So you should really know that. I I really want you to know that. Well, what I think we know from this, sir, and we've taken far too much of your time, but um, that that your love for the university is one that has has lasted a lifetime. Um, The ninth season of Curb Your Enthusiasm starts October 1st. You're currently, uh, there's some tour dates as well uh, coming on Tracks of My Fears. Yeah, yeah, the Tracks of My Fears. I'll be playing, uh, you know, Artie Lang and me are playing together in Florida, in Cocoa Beach, Florida, in in a couple of weeks. Two recovering drug addicts. I think in Vegas they're saying who's going to live during the show. <laughs> Richard, Richard Lewis do. online for, for tour dates, and you're a great Twitter follow as well, at the Richard Lewis. Um, sir, this yeah, was a great Richard pleasure. Lewis. Listen, you guys are fabulous, and thanks for letting me ramble on like I usually do. And No, uh, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and listen, best of luck with your career, and go Bucks. And we want to remind you to be sure and visit 11 Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more, drygoods.11warriors.com. Changing the show up a little bit because we have an A-lister. We had Richard Lewis on, which was just a great thrill. Uh, I'm sure that came through in our interview, but I I think he's just one of the greatest guys of all time, one of the funniest guys of all time, and I love Curb. Um, And so we're going to condense a a couple of segments into one. So let's do Michigan Minute. We'll do uh, Always With Our Eye on Michigan, and then we will do uh, a little quick look at UNLV. Let's start with Michigan at Purdue this week, which Purdue has kind of appointed itself very well. They put a little bit of a scare into Louisville. They go down to Missouri last week and handle business. Jeff Brom looks like he's got a competent football team. And and Michigan's going to their own homecoming. And Michigan offensively has yet to click. And there's all sorts of calls for Wilton Spate. And is he the real – should be the quarterback there. So they're having some problems offensively. And they go to kind of a what could be a tricky game at Purdue this week. Yeah, I wrote a little bit about this earlier this week. And one of the things that kind of stood out to me was how similar this almost feels to 2004 with Ohio State where you've got a really shaky offense, but an incredible kicker and a really good defense. And sometimes that's enough to beat other teams. I mean, they they scored 29 points against Air Force, and 15 of those points came through field goals. So that's yeah. probably not super sustainable long-term. Um, and Purdue, man, <laughs> I don't know. that. I don't know if this is more about their, their current coach or their former coach that they are <laughs> performing this well. Um, yeah, I feel bad era. talking ill of Hazel, but man, they look, they got pretty much the same dudes and they're playing so much better, uh, than they did last year. So, uh, they could be a threat and, you know, going on the road, Michigan needs to watch out for their own little Purdue Harbor there. So, 
Yeah, that'll be an interesting game to watch. I'm excited for that one. The game in the Big Ten is at night. It's at Iowa. It's Penn State at Iowa. James Franklin, um, this is going to be a great game. We all know that. I, I don't need to break down the X's and O's for that. We have sites, uh, sister sites that do that fantastically. And I encourage you to go to Roar, Roar, Lions Roar and go Iowa Awesome. They're great sites um, when you'll get the real breakdown of those games. But what I do think is interesting is how James Franklin is branding his program. And with what he said about Pitt, about Pitt's just like beating Akron, and then this idea of the timeout, you know, to block the, you know, with the field goal to with Georgia State when you're up 50 points or whatever. And I was asked today on radio up here, you know, what's is he just a jerk? And I and I, I think it's real clear what he's doing, Johnny. He's trying to he's trying to create a brand, a a a a arrogant con not arrogant, he wouldn't want that, but a confident, swagger, braggadocious, we are Penn State. And the reason right. he's trying to do that is because probably from the time he's got there and probably forever, the Sandusky paternal thing hangs over. And and there's been this notion of instead of, you know, we are Penn State, it's uh, yeah, we're, we're Penn State, right? OK, we're Penn State. <laughs> yeah, that happened. You know, the worst thing that ever happened on a college campus. Ha- yeah, we're Penn State. Right. And he wa- he's trying to go the other way with it. And so I understand what he's doing. And I, I think it's pretty straightforward. And this is a big game for them with I mean, they've got maybe the best player in the country in Saquon Barkley. And, and they get a chance to go on the road and, and just kind of continue the positive momentum that, that he started at the end of last season. He's, he's doing a very, it's a very conscious decision that he's making to try to rebrand what Penn State is. And I think he's being pretty successful at it. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think if you want to be cynical about it, you can say he's trying to be Urban Meyer light and he's trying to, you know, do X, Y, and Z. But there are worse people to emulate. And frankly, I, you know, maybe it's not really Urban Meyer so much as it is just, you know, his own kind of brand of cockiness and swagger and all that other stuff that hopefully will attract recruits. And and so far it seems like it's working because he's done very well in recruiting. Um, He looks like the team, you know, is a lot more complete than other teams in the big 10. So it looks like top to bottom, they've kind of figured out their personnel. Uh, They're a dangerous team. And if they go in and beat Iowa and they keep beating other teams and, you know, something crazy happens, you know, where they just don't seem to lose until maybe the end of October, they're, they're going to be a real threat. I think in a lot of people's minds for a national championship run. Uh, that's not something I think anybody thought they'd be saying about Penn state in 2017, a couple of years ago. So uh, that's, you know, I, I think he's, he's done really amazing things in a very short period of time and really kind of establishes bona fides when a lot of people didn't think he would. So good for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, th- so for us this week, it's UNLV. I mean, we're 40 right. point Ohio State's a 40 point favorite. So, I mean, there's, what, what are we going to do here? Like, <laughs> I guess in simplest terms, what, what this is for me is just look the part, right? Just look the part, look the part of a top 10 team in the country, look the part of a 40 point favorite, systematically go down the field at will score touchdowns and then let's get some of these young guys in and and I think that's the real key because the most interesting thing to me is going to be which of those backup quarterbacks comes in in the third and fourth quarter whether it's Haskins or Burrow my inclination it would be Haskins Um, but I think one of the most important things that can happen this season is kind of an ancillary story is is the idea of who's next year's quarterback Mm -hmm. and and Burrow and Haskins are going to get a lot of snaps over the next month uh, as in blowout games and, and that will help decide who that quarterback is, because I think that's a decision that certainly for the sake of those two kids needs to have a pretty good feel for what it's going to be by the time you get to January so that one of them can leave if they want to. Certainly, they're both not going to stick around, I wouldn't think. And hopefully it's something that doesn't go into spring so that so that those, whichever guy decides to leave doesn't have that spring at his new place. So um, 
that's the most fascinating thing to me. That and some of the other young guys who red shirts, who doesn't. Trayvon Grimes got a pass last week. Can he continue to kind of develop confidence and become a player? Will you see Baron Browning, you know, at, at linebacker in the game against UNLV? Some of those young Jeff Akuda, Sean Wade. Will you see some of those guys, you know, get 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 some real run and, and see if they can be contributors when the Big Ten schedule really starts to heat up? That's that's what this game's about to me. Nothing more. Yeah, no, I agree. You want to see what's coming up next and you want to make sure that you can build a big lead and then allow that to happen and not kind of, you know, pussyfoot around and allow UNLV to kind of hang with you for no real reason. Uh, They don't have the players uh, to compete with Ohio State. And yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me because when they put in Haskins at the end of the the game against uh, Air Force, I was like, man, if they they let him do anything but hand off their insane because they're just going to create controversy and people are going to, you know, flap their gums. But honestly, that's more on JT than anything else. JT continues to perform well. Nobody's going to care, uh, you know, about his job safety, particularly they're going to care about, you know, who's going to end up becoming the backup uh, and who's going to start next year. So yeah. I, I agree with you. I think they need to kind of figure out who they want uh, by the end of the year, because I, I, I think allowing that to go into spring camp would be really stupid. Um, so, you know, I think they're going to give probably Burrow as many chances as he can take to, to try to, you know, establish himself because I think they feel they owe that to him. Uh, but I don't know. It's going to be curious to see how it plays out. I, I frankly just want to see them overall continue the work that they did against air force, continue to press progress in the, the offensive, uh, passing game, uh, add some more wrinkles, get a little bit better. Don't try to be a national championship winning team in September. Just try to be a Big Ten championship winning team, and uh, I think they'll get a lot better. So it's it's a get better game, and then hopefully we can see some of the younger guys in the second half. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I do. I actually have one. Ask us anything, and you may have one as well. But this is from Evan on Twitter. Oh yeah, let's uh, he asked the question. Did you see this? He said, uh, "What would constitute a wide receiver being labeled?" He said, first of all, I love the show, so God bless him." Then he said, "What would constitute a wide receiver being labeled known as the number one receiver?" Meaning, does this mean that the number one plays at the X or the Z? Does he always have to play on a field side or the boundary side? Example. Uh, Dixon in the spring was designated the go-to number one receiver, being a Z. But then he moved to the X position. Now. That is his, his designation. Um, sorry for being so long, but I'm just curious how it works. Look, the, the, a number one receiver is, in simplest terms, is just your best receiver. Yes. That's it. Um, it. It can be X, Z, y, whatever, Y, whatever slot, whatever you want to put him. Uh, it really just is a. It's your best receiver. And when pe- when you hear somebody say we don't have a number one receiver, it means they don't have a a, a game breaker at receiver. And right. I think from the Ohio State perspective, you could say Ohio State hasn't had a number one receiver since Michael Thomas. Noah Brown did it at times, but really in terms of a go-to receiver, not since Michael Thomas, if they had a true number one receiver. Yeah, and a lot of it is just about their own personal skills and and where they match up best against a defense. So, I mean, you could be rotating guys around, especially in a situation like this where you don't have a clear number one receiver. Uh, It's going to be the guy at the moment. Like whoever is catching the, you know, whoever is looking the best in a particular game is going to be your number one receiver for that game. And if, you know, they'll play wherever they're most effective. So if that's X, Y, or Z, whatever, they'll do that. Um, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see if somebody emerges and and becomes that guy because they definitely tried to target different dudes against Air Force. And I think they had some uh, success by not just looking at, you know, Paris Campbell and, and some of the guys that, people expected to be established at the beginning of the season um so if they continue to do that you might see a number one emerge basically out of nowhere somebody that you know people didn't expect to see so that'll be cool to see if that evolves and happens and they do have a true number one by the end of the season everybody wants one they're just hard to find 
There's not. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, the Cleveland Browns have been looking for one. I mean, it's just hard. It's a hard thing to try and find. And um, but but there are some out there. Ohio State had a great one of Michael Thomas a couple of years ago. Uh, that'll do it for this edition. Uh, we want to thank Richard Lewis, uh, who who was yes. on with us. Who was that was great, and it was a real real pleasure to have him on. A, one of the comedic heroes for me, certainly as a kid growing up. And uh, next week we will be doing the show following UNLV prepping Rutgers. We're kind of in a rut here, but there's. There's a lot of storylines to pay attention to, and I think backup quarterback, how Urban manages the two running backs, you know, the defense going forward at linebacker, how that depth chart shakes out. Those are things to kind of keep an eye on as we're playing these games that are basically just all just prep games to get to Penn State. So um, we, we there's a lot to keep an eye on, even though these games maybe not have the drama that, that you'd like uh, on a week-in, week-out basis. Uh, good yeah. times as always, my friend. I'll visit with you next week. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll get to – we got a couple Ask Us Anything questions I promise we'll get to next week as well. So see you next time. Yeah. All right, see you, buddy. All right.